are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. to the beat, coming at you with the funny, random rambling, talking about all the things that'll make that rain day sunny, yeah, it's hot and popping, fireball dropping, come get your laugh on, yeah, it's a concept, you know he be rocking, rock got the facts and all of the gossip, it don't matter where you are or who you with, you gotta tune right in, bring your girl into your girl to bring your friends, be Robbie Lid, tune in in your crib, in your whip, at your job, he got new shows every Sunday, what up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Random Rams with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first time listener, oh, I hit my mic stand, hurt my finger. Damn, that's up. If you're a first time listener, I apologize for me smacking the shit out of my fingers. And um, if you're a first time listener, I'd like to thank you all so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody referred you to me, if you're in their vicinity, go ahead and reach over and give them a crisp high five after you wash your hands thoroughly because we don't know what you do with your hands most of the day, goddammit. But um, if you're not in their general vicinity, what I would like for you to do is use your social media app of choice to where it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever the hell have you, and uh, send them a DM. You know, not that kind of DM, but, you know, a pleasant one saying thank you for recommending you to me. So speaking of social media, you can find this show that you're listening to right now on a plethora of uh, social media websites and apps and whatnot. You can find us on Facebook by typing in facebook.com forward slash 3rshow or just searching the Random Rams with Rob. You can find this show on Instagram to where I walk the hollowed halls of Walmart by using the hashtag Walmart log or hashtag 3rshow because some punk motherfucker already has at 3rshow on Instagram and hadn't used it since 2017. That's besides the point. And you can follow on Twitter at 3R Show. And you can find all manner of things and two pertaining on randomrobcast.com. Whew, got all that out the way. Now I have guests with me this week on this edition. And joining me is like, I already got to give it like a little recap of how I found them and got them onto the show to jaw jack with me for a little bit. So, I was on Tumblr, and you know why people usually get on Tumblr up until Yahoo bought them out or whatever. I was looking at the boobies and the, and the behinds and all that stuff, and you know, hey, I'm only human. But through all the mist of the booty and the behind, you know, I do browse professional wrestling photos and gifts and articles and things like that. And one that would be a constant in my Tumblr feed would be the big gold belt. And I was like, what the fuck is the big gold belt? So as I journey through my Tumblr line, I see some tits and ass. And then I see big gold belt, tits and ass, big gold belt, tits and ass, big gold belt. I mean, it's a good combo or whatever, because I was getting all that I was looking for. I was looking for tits and ass. And then I'll get some wrestling info on the end, which sometimes wrestling can parlay into showing tits and ass at some point. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a harmonious <laughs> cycle that I was going through or whatever. But regardless, I would always see the big gold belt. And I was like, what the fuck is the big gold belt? Then I journey over to the world of uh, Instagram and I just look it up because, I mean, we need some visual representation because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not so much of a reader. So articles kind of don't hit me the same way. I need to see some things. So go to Instagram. Look up Big Gold Belt. Cool. All right. We got cosplay. We got photography. We got interviews. We got all that shit here. All right. This is more my love. I'm looking. 
right into the eyes of the man, the curator, and everything. And then, you know, go to Instagram, uh, not Instagram, uh, Twitter, find them. I was like, hey, motherfucker. I didn't say it like that because that would be rude and highly unprofessional. Uh, would you like to be on my show? And and also to top on that, I had a former guest, Sock Monkey Mike. People may know him throughout the rest of the world and whatnot. He recommended that, you know, I reach out to Big Gold Belt and have them on my show as a guest. So ultimately, all that bullshit I said up until that point really didn't matter. I just thought I'd throw that in as an entree, like a little side piece or whatever, appetizer. But the main thing is my homeboy, Sock Monkey Mike, is like, hey, man, I would like to hear you talk to him and have him on the show. So that's what I did. <laughs> but without further ado, the creator, the curator of the Big Gold Belt and his one of his cohorts, his uh, henchmen, his heavy, goddamn joining with me is uh, a <laughs> Nigeria Chambers and one Mr. Will Mahoney. How are you, gentlemen? Wow. <laughs> that's a heck of an intro you've hit us with there to uh, lay the groundwork today. You are welcome. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> first off, thank you so much for the opportunity of reaching out. And that, um, that definitely brings a smile to my face. But uh, uh, how's it going, buddy? Hanging in there, man. I, I appreciate y'all taking the time out to chat with me. And um, it, it, it's just it's a good day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's um, always good to have like the the response that you know you're putting all this stuff out there on social media, whether like I said, it's Tumblr or Instagram or Twitter, and it's always good when you when you hear that someone you don't know found it, yeah. <laughs> and this stuff's actually going out there and getting in front of people's eyes and li- eliciting a response. So yeah. I'm quite thrilled to be here, and thank you for the opportunity. And that's the first thing that resonates to me as we start this off here. It's like. Oh, you do all this work, you put this stuff out there, and people do see it. Yeah. It's always a good feeling. It's always a good feeling when you're a creator to to get a response like that. So and I how, thank and, you before we go any further. And how about it being Tumblr? It's, I mean, we put a lot of focus on you know our YouTube and our uh, SoundCloud and our Twitter, mm-hmm. and Tumblr just happens to be one of the things I go through the motions on making yeah. sure everything gets out. And wow, look 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 what it did. So you know, thank you for the motivation to keep in our content in that very uh well i say jungle of a social media yes. tumblr <laughs> relevant <laughs> and see and that, that was gonna be that's one of the questions i have for you this is kind of this will be the starting point yeah why tumblr well because i, I mean th- as i alluded to before before you know it got bought out and changed and everything mm-hmm. that was the place for all that type of stuff that i was mentioning the, the tits and the ass yeah. and porn and all kind of other stuff so i mean yours was one rose in the concrete <laughs> <laughs> i gotta be honest i never was was into that tumblr fad when all that was happening i was actually when i found out that that's what really what tumblr represented i was like wow for real but uh tumblr was initially the cheap option mm-hmm. for a website wow. and when it came down to saying hey let's do a podcast you know you, you start off by saying well how are we going to record it where are we going to put it on how are we going to distribute it mm-hmm. and you know Tumblr represented the website. We initially started at uh, Podcast Garden, I think it was, and so yep. sort. But when we went to SoundCloud, SoundCloud integration, I, I'm not going to say SoundCloud's like the best, but their integration with mm-hmm. the different social medias just makes things really seamless. And it was, you know, do the, po- uh, do the podcast, upload it, and then the, distribu- the distributing to Tumblr is one click of a button. So it's just really easy. So I just continuously just kept doing it. Um, and I do get, you know, some type of 
um, interactions and stuff on there at times as well. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to take the extra step, but, you know, this is absolutely the rewarding factor here. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel the same way about it, too, because, like, anytime I post to Instagram, I always got that bubble down at the bottom, you know, also tagging on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. and Tumblr. So I was mm-hmm. like, fuck it, I put it on Tumblr. Because, I mean, it's an option, and why wouldn't you want your thing in more places where people happen to populate? I mean, I think it's popular enough for Instagram to recognize it and have it as an option to post your stuff to as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right on. But, like, um, from what I've been seeing, the podcast has been going on how long now? 2015? That is correct. Man, time is flying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's 2015 sounds about right. I think our anniversary is... uh March something. Say the 29th, so it'll be on my birthday. It is March something. <laughs> um, I actually can find that out really quick. Uh, but yeah, 2015 is where it started. And, um, you know, it started off with a bunch of a group of my friends. We went to, we um, regularly went to WrestleMania together. And I got to be honest, I don't even know if they even noticed either. Uh, it's, it's May, tw- excuse me, it's May 20th is when the anniversary. Oh. Um, I have, I was having one of my whiskey nights, hey. and I realized that we, we we used to be on the phone and three on the three way conversation. Now that tells you how old of a great group we are. <laughs> we were all on party line. Yeah, we were just straight up on three way, not like Skype or anything of that sort. We were just all on three way. And I was having one of my whiskey nights. And I was like, you know what? Why the hell are we spending so much time in these conversations with having these really intuitive conversations and not recording it? Let's let's do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, really? Uh, OK, not knowing what it really involved. And exactly <laughs> this is then. I mean, we just, you know, um, uh, from the original crew of us and, you know, and I really uh, hats off to the original crew as well. Um you know, people went forward with uh, having families and yeah. some of the some of their jobs were really demanding. So they wasn't able to continue to do it throughout the year. And they still give a lot of support. So I really um, I really appreciate them. Shout out to Aaron um, and Bryce. Marcellus and Marcus are still with the team in the capacity. We miss uh, Marcellus. Mr. Silly Sellis is with us weekly on the podcast. And uh, Marcus Dr. and runs our social media. Um, so. You know, since then we just we just I I I tried to I, I tried to like do my market research on things and I tried to see like what does it mean to be a podcast because sure we recorded each week and talked about stuff yeah. and all five of us would just get on the topic or just review you know a weekly products and just all agree to the same thing and then to the point where I realized like damn I'm not even enjoying my own show because it's just <laughs> like I say something and I was like yeah me too me too me too so you know. Once I ended ended up making sure I was more or less of the um, I was more or less of the focus and creative of how of what direction the podcast was going to go, I started realizing like, you know, we got to do things different. We need to stand out. We need to you know get our own niche, and we don't have to be popular because yeah. we, we don't care about being popular out here. All we care about is having fun. We all got jobs, families, and so forth now, but we come together Thursdays eight p.m. And we get it off our chest and we have fun with it. And everyone, like I said, contributes in the way they can. Yeah. But so since 2015, each year I had a goal of just saying, what are we going to do different? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I meet with the team in the beginning of the year and I say, this is what I want this year to be about. Whether it be, you know, one year our focus was, hey, let's let's let's, you know, let's build a website. 
and let's start tracking audience through other uh, through other avenues. Let's let's get a representation on our home field at our indie shows. Let's try to make some money on the side, you know, with the stuff like this. So let's do live interviews. So, you know, each year we just kept continuously building and building and building. And I think my my job is being ahead is to make sure my team is happy. Everyone's getting, you know, something out of this. Everyone's still, you know, continuously having fun. And, you know, is and the show and the brand itself is accommodating to the crew. Word. When did uh, Mr. Mahoney come into play? That's a good question. I want to say it's been about what? Not quite two years now, but probably like what? A year and a half, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, we've known each other longer than yeah. that, but I would yeah. say the, the transition into bringing me into the fold was around last spring, maybe or so. Yeah, it was definitely by last summer. We were definitely going strong, but so it's been more than a year, but I don't think it's been two years if we had some time to kind of type it like look this up we can definitely center this around certain events as to how <laughs> when but I, I will say that meeting will at um our local promotion at the time nova pro wrestling uh really it it, it really embraced the essence of independent wrestling where you go there you get good quality wrestling 20 bucks but it was family centric Mm-hmm. And, you know, Will went from a person I didn't know to, you know, one conversation to automatically being a friend, having, you know, went out, have drinks, coming over, watching WrestleMania and stuff together. And the more and more I was around this guy, I was like, God damn, he's so fucking, he's so educated and so like intuitive into this into this this realm of things what i want to do mm-hmm. and I, and I, I at times i got to be honest i felt intimidated because i was just like he's so smart mm-hmm. that i can't hold a regular conversation with him because <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 putting my helmet back on and i'm <laughs> i'm ready to learn i'm like okay <laughs> talk to me brother. it's just pro wrestling now let's not make it that darn serious <laughs> yeah sure 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 you can say that but the guy's mind works like an encyclopedia you say something he calls back to an event yeah. he draws the event of how it happened where he was at when it was doing it mm-hmm. the after effects of it i'm like what the <laughs> i'm like wow yeah. wow so you know, it, it's a pleasure to really work with this guy and have him as a friend because he's 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 one of the bright people in this industry. He's not self he's not self centered. He's selfish, and he just he makes it a good time each and every time. Or so you giving that description to him is just like I only know three people that thinks like that as far as it pertains to professional wrestling. Him, which you just <laughs> laid out for us, so that's one, <laughs> and um. <laughs> I do a wrestling show on the side outside of this one or whatever. I mean, it's not weekly. It's not consistent. I mean, it's just like it's the genesis of your podcast. Pretty much. I have people that call me and text me on the regular, ask me about wrestling and whatnot. And we have all these drawn out conversations. I was like, why the fuck we not recording this shit? <laughs> so I went ahead. And Sounds did, familiar. Yeah. I went ahead, did the layer work. I, I put the shit up on my website. I got the RSS feed. I got the Twitter. I got mm-hmm. everything set up. And I was like, Hey, I got the stuff. Y'all just need to come in and talk. So, I mean, we live so many different lives and it's a rotating cast and crew that come in and out of there, which kind of prohibits us from doing it on a consistent basis. But whenever we do get together to do this shit, this shit is fucking fun. And that's what I like about it. I mean, this show that we're listening to that we're talking on right now is my main focus. But whenever I can get around to do the wrestling, this trash podcast, oh, it's fucking fun. And 
<laughs> it is what it is. But um, you're Mr. Mahoney is one person that I know has the mind, uh, the, the photographic memory of professional wrestling, the encyclopedia up top. Um, a second would be one of my um, co-hosts, Mr. Jay Sandlin or whatever. And I call him the wrestling historian because he goes back and he tells you the origins of this character and this and this. And he go, just, I mean, kind of similar to what you described, uh, Mr. Mahoney. And mm-hmm. I'll just like, I don't see how you do it. I can, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast today, which I'm lying because I didn't eat breakfast today. So, and then um, a third is um, a host, uh, William R. Washington on the uh, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk podcast. He remembers instances in his life that happened to him because of events of professional wrestling. So it was like my first child was born here. So the storyline that was going on is this, 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 and this, and this, and this. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So I'm That's like, awesome. So you are, you three people are like in the elite class of like professional wrestling fans or whatever. And I'm just like in awe of people like you because it's just, it blows my mind. Cause like I can barely remember day to day shit, but let alone to remember like a specific certain thing, the way these people do is just fucking crazy. Will. Yes, sir. Or Mr. Mahoney, as I've been calling you. How the hell did this happen to you? Did you fall into a vat of ooze and you was imbibed with superpowers of wrestling memory and shit? What what the hell happened? <laughs> Probably more a case of having the time on my hands and just being too obsessive with watching stuff and wanting to learn more and more about it. I mean, I've been watching wrestling since the 80s mm-hmm. and I never at any point. That's there's the probably the weird thing is like. I know so many people who've been watching that long who, you know, at some point they stopped watching or they got into other things. Then they came back and they came in and out or stuff. I never went away from it. Yeah. I was always somehow, some way managed to find a way for it to hold my interest. Even if I get, you know, I think what basically happened is, is as years went by and I'd get bored with certain aspects of it, something else would come along and I, it would take my attention and be okay. Well, I'm instead of watching it, you know, instead of watching, um, WWF, now I'm watching WCW more. Or then ECW comes along and then you get into watching like Japanese wrestling or just, you know, different flavors of, wrestling out there would always come along to hold my attention or get me, you know, to, to, to stay on board, even if I started to get bored with it. And then eventually, you know, just the more and more you're watching this stuff, it quickly just became wanting to know how it all worked. Mm-hmm. And so somewhere along the line, I guess, I think it was, God, it was like in the early nineties, I, I through dumb luck, really. Um, my uncle for some reason was working in some office where people had, I guess a community subscription to the wrestling observer back in the days of print. (laughs) Okay. So he finds out from like my mom that like, I'm super into wrestling now and all this. And he's like, Oh yeah, there's people at my work that are like into that. And they, they get some like something, they copy it and they pass it around. And like, and I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll send one. To, I'll send one to him. You might find it interesting. And so like, I'm expecting like a magazine or something. And randomly I end up with a Xerox copy of like the observer in the early nineties. Where it's like no internet, you know, n- no computer connection in my house. And it was just like the most random thing. And it was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and so that was kind of like the moment of a, 
Like I already knew, you know, what kind of had an idea of what was going on, but I didn't know how things worked. You know, like early, early on, like I had my dad immediately pretty much being like, you know, you know, all that. Uh, they ain't really fighting each other. You know, so it wasn't like I was still believing any of that aspect of yeah. it. But it was the whole like, how did it work that like suddenly it was like, oh, so this is how stuff kind of happens. This is how it works as like a business. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like once that door got opened. That changed a lot. That then it became a whole different way of watching stuff and just being curious with like how stuff worked on like the business side of it and just like why you know why decisions were made, mm-hmm. why why stuff like you know why why Hulk Hogan gets to hold the belt for years and years and years and years, mm-hmm. you know the the money behind things and it's just I think just going through that metamorphosis of just learning different parts of it, mm-hmm. that's what always kept me around. There was always some other piece. That would hold my attention, even if I just got bored with what was going on on the TV. And then I don't. So I'm still here. I'm mm-hmm. still doing it all these years later. And it somehow <laughs> kept up that whole darn time. And I think also part of it was I had a couple really good friends in my neighborhood that kind of were in the same boat, and we kind of all stuck together and we watched everything. And so I had I had a group of people to talk about it with. This is all pre-internet time, so yeah. it was like I wasn't like I was having to go online to make friends to talk about wrestling. I always had people around to do it with. So I don't right place, right time. And just some weird circumstances, I think got me to where the heck I am now. Yeah. And like my, my wrestling memory is like, I, if I've seen it once or twice, you know, I don't remember it until people start bringing it up, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. like, if you talk about um, the match that uh, Brett and Owen had, I couldn't tell you particulars until somebody kind of started getting into the detail. All right. All right. I remember that this and this happened. You know, you got to jog my memory a little bit for me to get it. But, mm-hmm. but damn, just for people to just. I love the network. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> well, type, that's why there. type it in the search and I can go back and I'm like, all right, I remember this now, you know. Uh huh. But like for me, you know, my wrestling fandom and everything, and here it is. I think this is the third week in a row that I get to bring up my origin story. So, um, and, and hey, if you're a long time listener, you already know this shit. But if you're a new listener, like I alluded to at the beginning of the program in the intro, this is for you. So, wrestling, professional wrestling, you know, I did not come upon until Hulk Hogan, and I did not come into professional wrestling via Hulk Hogan, the professional wrestler. It was Hulk Hogan, the actor. Ah, <laughs> so I seen Thunderlips. Yeah, so I seen him in <laughs> I seen him in all his movies before I ever seen him in a wrestling ring. Mm. And then I went to a video store one day, seen him on the cover of WrestleMania VHS, and I was like, what the fuck is this WrestleMania? Mania? <laughs> Mania? WrestleMania. What is this? Took it With home. That- yeah. Would, would that store be called Blockbuster by any chance? No, it was a uh, Hollywood Video. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Even there you go. No, no, okay. I lied. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I redact that. Let me pull it back. It was at the at the time this place was on Highway 14. So this was Video Attractions. That's what that was. So back at home where I'm from is a place called Video Attractions. Then later would come Blockbuster. Then after that, um, Hollywood Video would be the thing after that. So, yeah, it was video attractions for me in some other place um, that was on Prion Lake Road that was just like this white building. Just I don't even remember the name of the video store. I just knew they had videos in that bitch. (laughs) 
So that was the two main places that I got my tapes from. But as far as consistency with, I was an outside kid. So for me to stay inside and try to watch wrestling on TV, it was kind of hit and miss because I didn't know it was like a consistent thing like cartoons was. You know, if it went mm-hmm. on week for a week or whatever it was, I was just like, if I happened to be flipping through the channel, it was on, I'd watch it. But, you know, mostly I'd be out t- outside. But through those VHS tapes and catching up and all kind of stuff, it made me a fan in that aspect. And then the video games started becoming popular. I started grabbing toward the games and then the Monday Night Wars. And I was all into that because I would actually watch the first hour of WCW, turn the uh, VCR on to record Raw. And then I would uh, go back and watch WCW. Then when that was over, I rewind the Raw tape and watch Raw. <laughs> so that was kind of my thing. And then the only breaks that I had in me watching professional wrestling once I got into watching it constantly was me joining the military and not having access to that shit. So mm-hmm. I was in Iraq, I think, 04, 05, when Eddie Guerrero died. And I was just like, I didn't find out about it until like later. So I'm turning on. I was like, this motherfucker dead? What the fuck? <laughs> and it was shitty because I had missed all that run, all his him in China and W uh, freaking on SmackDown and all that whole stint of wrestling. I think Ray won the heavyweight title at that time. I missed all that shit, you know. So I was kind of bummed about that. But after that, I never missed a beat, even when it went li- went down low and came back up and went down low. And it's kind of stagnant at the time. I'm, I still watch it. So. I know. So what about y'all? I mean, as far as professional wrestling goes, I mean, you have a whole business pretty much on the strength of prof- your fandom of for professional wrestling. I mean, Hold on, how come I don't get an origin story? Oh, you don't? <laughs> I you, we, uh, well, it kind of kind of kind of threw me off because I mean, you gave the origin story to Big Gold Belt and everything. So I mean, yeah. let, let me let me wind back a little bit, pull that reel in. I, I, you know, I cast it too far, <laughs> sir. Get, get your fandom origin. Thanos yeah. snap real yeah. quick. All right, let me. No, that, seriously, that, that seriously it's stone. really short and quick. And I tell, I say it all the time on the show that I'm a big fan of the Gold um, Belt storytelling. And and character development, and I love the athleticism. So when you when when I I and Marcellus, me and him, this is how we really became brothers on things. We have a lot of life similarities, but one thing we always laugh about is Saturday mornings. We loved our cartoons, we loved our X Men, Spider Man, and all that on Saturday morning. And at that twelve o'clock mark, right when all the cartoons go off, the next show that came on was WMAC Masters, which oh. no one. It's a clue what that is. Please look it up. I do. Because it's, it's, it's just, it's like, if they redid it, I, it would go so over, people wouldn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So that was my first introduction outside of Power Rangers of, like, real people doing combat stuff. So I was already invested in the comic books and, and you know, and, um, and, and these mutants and, and, uh, and um, all type of anybody with superpowers. Then you got these real people that's you know, kick a button and so forth. So all that all encompass is like really like it's amazing. It's two different things that you didn't know could be one thing. Because mm-hmm. professional wrestling, nonetheless, like I, I tell her people all the time, is it is a weekly episodic reality show mm-hmm. with athleticism in it. So I, I love it because each week you get a new story and so forth. But uh, how I got into it is is, is really easy. So loving all of that, and um, I was raised by uh, my mother and my aunt. 
So, you know, they they really were uh, both very strong uh, black women, but also, too, they made sure that they were super unbiased about how they would raise me. And I'll never forget that my aunt hating wrestling, still hates wrestling, mm-hmm. still teases, teases me about wrestling. Every time I say I'm going out of town, it's like, oh, you're going to watch that fake stuff? Yeah. Whole time, she's the first person that took me to a wrestling show. So that's the love relationship that we have. Like, she supports what I like, and she sticks to her guns in it. But um, anybody in this area, and it's crazy because if our little peanut minds were able to really expand at the time, we talk about Starcade 95. If we could look across that stadium here at, at in, in Washington, D.C., um, at the what MCI Center at the time, we would have seen all these people that we see nowadays uh, walking around in these indie shows at these WWE, AEW shows, so forth, because all of us, I think that was the moment. And I think that uh, my family, once they saw me as a boy that loved characters, that loved, you know, the 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 karate and all the other type of martial arts and so forth, and weekly watching this on TV, not even understanding what's going on, mm-hmm. they said like, I think I got the perfect gift on. They took me to the show, and once I went to that first show, oh, I was it was it was I, my foot pedal to the metal. I never looked back. I was like, this wrestling stuff is crazy, and it's. Ever since then, I just always loved it. the WCW days were some of the best wrestling days of my life. Sting's at, Sting was one of my favorite, is one of my favorite. Hooventoo was one of my favorite, and Jericho is, yeah, I'd say he's the goat because he was the biggest heel ever. He used to just break my little child heart. But ever since then, it's just <laughs> it's just wrestling's just been the perfect combination of everything I like. I love film and media. I love um, combat sports. I love boxing. I love UFC. But wrestling gives you all that. Mm-hmm. All that in one storytelling. Um, the theatrical aspect of it. Because these guys got to work fluently to make sure that the performance that they put on works. And, and, and then the presentation of these big corporations that they're able to do is, just, is, is second to none. And each and every week on Monday, Wednesday, shoot, every day now, yeah. <laughs> you got to watch a little something for everybody. And it's cool to see. And, and God know, God knows now that, you know, seeing some of these people work in your backyard at your bingo uh, halls, at your firehouses and all that other stuff, seeing them work, you know, their butt off for $50 paydays and then seeing them on TV, it's even more rewarding because you, yeah. you see these people that you either appreciate fans of or even become friends of make it to where they want to go so like the wrestling business is it's 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 really a beauty to everything i believe in yeah one one of uh which you've uh taken many photos with uh one kiara hogan which was a guest of this show <laughs> yeah so pretty awesome pretty awesome let me tell you about that got mm-hmm. on, i was fortunate enough to have her on the show and uh at the time it was we were talking like how we did a little pre-chat talk before we started recording proper and everything. And she was telling me about, you know, how she signed the impact and all kind of shit like that. It was before she even got on TV. I don't think she mm-hmm. even started any of the tapings yet. And uh, we was recording all that. And, you know, it got into the show a little bit, too, that we started talking about that. So here I go. We we, we done. I'm, we wrapping up. I was like, all right, this will be out Sunday or whatever. So I'm about to hang up the car. She's like, oh, could you uh, take out that stuff about impact? Because I haven't told anybody else yet, and whatever, I was like, "God <laughs> damn it!" <laughs> and I thought I had the scoop, thought I had the exclusive, or whatever. And then, like the next day, she posted her impact photo. And was like, "I'm tired with impact." I was like, "God damn it!" 
<laughs> I was like, I wanted to be the one. I was like, but I, yeah. I, I couldn't be mad at it. Yeah. And then I got to you be the, at um, WrestleMania, this one in New Orleans at the freaking WrestleCon or whatever. So that was cool, yep. too. I am um, I'm overly proud of seeing how much she's grown over the years. Yes. And, um, you know, this this year, we, me and my team, we've really been focused on a wild woman of wrestling yeah. based on the opportunities we've been given on. And, and even just our, our appreciation for women's wrestling and seeing her and her girlfriend, Diamante, being able yeah. to uh, or, uh, excuse me, Adrenaline, being able to capture the uh, wild world tag team championship. Mm-hmm. When you think about the story and the journey of her being a solo wrestler out of Atlanta, yeah, um, getting signed to Impact, getting signed to Wow, mm-hmm. um, you know, and being a really advocate uh, for equality and so forth, and being able to do it next to the person she loved. I mean, how be- how more beautiful of a story do you get here? If you yeah. can't be a fan of that, I just I can't respect you, yeah, because that's literally you risked everything here. Yeah. The re- independent wrestling is a risk, period. Mm-hmm. Because God knows you may not get paid. You may get, you could get hurt. Yeah. Who knows how you handle that based on your real life? You may have insurance, you may not. And being able to do the job, appear here, but still be able to be, you know, um, you, 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 when you see some of these people, some of these people able to be presentable and, and, and friendly. Mm-hmm. And then all the dreams and uh, that you all want it all comes together in 2019. It's just the it's the perfect story. Again, like this is why I love <laughs> yeah. this is why I love wrestling because even on the independent level, you got these you got this storytelling that's right in right in front of you that you just like wow, you know what I mean? And it's cool when like you get somebody like a Roderick Strong that's been around for decades almost, and mm-hmm. now we finally get to NXT, and we had that whole freaking, when he was doing a single run, before he got with the Undisputed Era, we had that whole package on him, and it was just like, it tracked his whole life, leading him to wrestling, and I thought that was pretty cool, because that was something I didn't get to see of Roger Strong, because I didn't really follow him through too much through ROH, and you know, mm-hmm. some of his other independent stuff. For me to see that here, and him to get that opportunity, and all the build-up behind it to get him there, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then they, they even go just, back to Kiera Hogan when she was on my show, or whatever. I mean, just to see how you, people change and go through stuff and come out on the other side. She had a boyfriend mm-hmm. when she was on my show. Mm-hmm. Yep, in New Orleans. Yep, she sure enough did. And then now she got a girlfriend. So I was mm-hmm. just like, for me seeing that, I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing's wrong with it. I was just like, well, what the? Okay, <laughs> it was just, and, it was just weird. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And even to that notion, like, who knows? Wish she had to go to through, yeah. you know, as a person exactly for, to do that. And on top of that, too, you know, um, and even uh, one of our home territories right now are kind of being attacked for the way how they book shows and so forth. But, you know, who knows what she had to go through mentally while still being an inspiring uh, yeah. independent wrestling wrestler. But also, you know, wanting to be true to herself where, you know, sometimes being true to yourself could ultimately have you blackball not being signed or getting bookings and so forth. So that, 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 that's, you know, that's really part of the story. And, you know, I, I hats off to uh, Dave McClain of wow, of being able to say, you know, not only accepting her for who she is and doing tremendous things for the world of uh, women's wrestling, but also being able to bring her partner in as well too, and letting her flourish and being able to tell a story. Mm -hmm. So like, it's, it's, you know, stuff like that is that that's, that's really the appreciation you get for some of these people. Yeah. 
And then you go back even further, you had the tragic story of um, one Chris Canyon or whatever, one of my favorites, goddamn mm-hmm. Mortis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who kind of struggled with, yeah. yeah, who kind of struggled with some of those things and whatnot, and ultimately led to him taking his life, and it fucking sucks. Yep. So exactly. I wish he was an athlete of this era or whatever, because I think he would have been just fucking awesome or whatever. Brian Cage, yeah. another former guest of this show, talked about him or whatever, and it's just. I love that dude because he would do shit that I've never seen from nobody else. You know, they, what, they, what they call yep. the innovator of offense or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. yep. He was so far ahead of his time and they're in that nitro run, but whether he was Mortis or whether he was doing, you know, when he finally got to unmask and just be canny and like, yeah. I mean, his whole, pretty much everything he was trying to do was just like anything he could do to get noticed that would be, yeah. that would stand out and just be a little bit different and just like, you know, okay, I'm going to do a suplex in to the ring but instead of doing it from you know on the mat I'm going to go up on the second rope and do it yeah. just to make it look a little different and put a little different twist on it mm-hmm. so I stand out from everybody else out there because he, he kind of like I kind of feared he had to because like he he was a big guy but he wasn't the biggest guy yeah. he wasn't like you know a particularly great promo but he had to come up with like different athletic unique things he could do mm-hmm. to make him stand out from everyone else in that crowded field that was WCW at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was now you see so much of that stuff he was doing, you see a lot of young guys doing that mm-hmm. stuff and it's like, yeah, dude, you were doing that in the 90s. Exactly. You were doing that 20 years ago when no one was thinking of that stuff. Uh, so two things on the subject of Chris Canyon. One the damn the vignettes of him pretending to be DDP and he's doing the diamond cut on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes, I, I love that. Positively shit. Canyon. <laughs> I love I love that shit to death, man. They would do these uh opening shots of the venue that they would be at. You know, they have the sweeping camera going across the front of the building, and say we're here live and such and such or whatever. And off in the distance, you see this person walking. And you just see Cannon running across from one end of the camera all the way to the other camera, diamond cutting while they, they still. Do doing the promo do the bang and he just run off the other side of the camera that shit was fucking amazing and now this is the last thing for um, I'm gonna say on Chris Canyon and it's gonna parlay into a question for the both of you gentlemen mm-hmm. his move which is one of my favorite moves to this day the flatliner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tell me why since uh, you know you, there's a wealth of wrestling knowledge here you know you've seen many different decades of wrestling and you know y'all watch what you watch on the indies and, you know, what you do see live. Tell me why that every black wrestler's finishing move is the flatliner or some variation of the flatliner. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, if it's not their finisher, it's somewhere, <laughs> it's somewhere in their arsenal. Yeah. I, 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 and, I, and again, I think it's really to Will's point is that Canyon really was I want to say Kenyon and Dean Malenko yeah. are probably two of the best wrestling technicians that really didn't get the appreciation from the fans that they should have. Um, and I think when these guys are innovators and they just got a plethora of moves out there, I mean, the flatliner was clearly uh, it, it was the stamp on all of his moves. I think it was mm-hmm. the, the perfect choice. But I mean, at the same time, you're studying tape. <laughs> the first thing you're gonna notice is how the person finished the match, and I think at some point, I was like, "Oh, I can use that and get over easily." Yeah. But, uh, but you know, so I yeah yeah. But like in my research, because I've done a little bit, not a lot, 
<laughs> a, a lot a lot of African-American professional wrestlers use the goddamn flatline or some variation of it. Let me give you some of my, my list. As I say, drop some names yeah. on us here. R-Truth. Okay, yeah. The Little Jimmy is a variation of the damn yeah, uh, flatline. Absolutely. The, the little yep. jumping joint. Shelton mm-hmm. Benjamin. Yep. Pay Dirt is a flatline. Pay Dirt, yep. Um, Shane uh, uh, what, what, Swerve. Fucking Isaiah Scott, whatever the fuck his name is now. Yeah, he, Shane Strickland. Yeah, he does yeah. the roll in, jump up, fucking flatliner. <laughs> I did notice that. You're right. <laughs> wow. ACH does the flatliner. <laughs> he does the jumping joint or whatever. I mean, he didn't. He don't do it too much on TV no more. But he did it when he was on the Indies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandy Rhodes does a variation of the flatliner. <laughs> um, <laughs> Big Swole does a variation of the flatliner. Fair. Um, yep. Um, who else? There's more. It's escaping me right now, but you see the trend here. <laughs> That's interesting. You busted, out, you busted out with more names than I was expecting there. I'll, I'll right. say this on it. It's the first thing that jumps out at me when I think of the flatliner is it's a move that just about anybody can do. And it's mm-hmm. also a move that you can put your own twist on because oh, yeah, you can do it with just you and your opponent are standing there mm-hmm. and you just take them down real quick and do more of a, like a snap version of it. Or you can do it more like Shelton Benjamin with like a big old jump on it. Mm-hmm. So you get some height and do it kind of that way. It's, it's a simple move, but it's also a move that I think is very open to interpretation mm-hmm. so people can make it stand out from like everybody else's out there. In that respect, I mean, a lot, a lot of a lot, one of the things I've always heard from people in the business is like when they're trying to come up with finishers, one of the things that gets drilled into them is like your finisher ain't going to be any good unless it's something you can do on everybody. everybody. Yeah. You got to be able to do it on small people. You got to be able to do it on big people. And the flatliner, like we were just saying, it don't require a bunch of lifting. Mm-hmm. It don't require a whole lot of, you know, picking people up or having a lot of strength. So it, it's really got the upside in that respect. But damn, I wasn't even thinking of people like ACH and Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> so you're really going down the rabbit hole on the flatliner research. Oh, yeah. I um, applaud you on the, the effort to to broaden the scope of this. Is everyone doing the flatliner? I'm just thinking of like Edge and yeah. Canyon and like those guys. Yeah, I mean, there's there's others that use it because, I mean, um, I guess would the um, what, should, uh, Sister Abigail, would that be some variation of the flatliner? Fair, fair. Brian Cage. Yeah, a modified one. Yeah. I'd say a modified version yeah, of it, yeah. yeah. Brian Cage does a variation of it. Also, um, Pete Dunn's mm-hmm. Bitter End is a pump handle flatliner. So, yeah, I mean, there's other people, but I noticed it more from the African-American ones. Also, to add two more to the list, Ricochet does a vertical jumping one. And Bobby he Lashley. He does everything at yeah. this point. And I'm Bo- not even sure what his finisher is. Yeah. <laughs> and Bobby Lashley does one as well. Yeah. So that's just two more. That's all the ones I know off the top of my head. There is more. And, you know, (laughs) what I like to ask people like you, because you do more, you watch more independent wrestling than I do. So I know you've probably seen it out there as well. Yeah, I think uh, one of our hometown guys, I think Isaiah Frazier might do uh, a variation of it as well, if I'm not mistaken. So. I think so. And then he does the version where once he takes you down, he turns it into a, a, a stretch muffler type type thing. Yeah. Where he hooks the leg. He bends back and hooks the legs around the neck to turn it into a submission. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. there's 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 definitely see now any damn indie show we're at. As soon as we see someone do a flatliner, I'm like, oh, I'm to the list. 
we're going to be expanding on this now. It's going to be like at the front of my mind next yeah. show we're at. You, looking you, for flatliners amongst the up-and-comers. Yeah, you know when somebody get a new car and all of a sudden you see that car all the yes, time on exactly. the road. <laughs> so I've done this on purpose. So that would happen to the both of you. So now it's you see it, you'd be like, ah, he was right. He got us. <laughs> we, we, we did it. <laughs> now, um, for the both of you, once again, to kind of transition away from wrestling, but still talking about wrestling in an aspect. Um, podcasting. It's Ooh. been around for a long time. You know, I know a podcast has been podcasting for 15 years now, which is, um, I mentioned before, um, RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk. They've been doing podcasts since freaking... 15 years ago. Uh, I forgot to do the math. Um, but, you know, there's others like Joe Rogan and Kevin Smith, the godfather of podcasts, I believe. You know, Adam Carolla and fucking, what's that other dude? The um, He was the fucking coach on GLOW. What's his name? Uh, Morton. I'm not, I'm not familiar with Mark, that no, one. Mark Maron. Yeah, Mark Maron, that guy. So, when did you two discover podcasting and what it was and started listening? Ooh. I want to say late 2000s or so is when I, when I first discovered it around then. Actually, not before that. Probably no, no, more like mid 2000s. I'm really thinking back. I'm like trying to think like I got I got to for me. I got to think about, OK, when did I get an iPod? I was <laughs> just about to say that. Yeah. That's the key. It's like, when did I get an iPod? And then I got to go a couple models in because at first there weren't podcasts on it. It was just, you know, putting your darn music. So it's like it's probably like. I want to say maybe 2007, 2008-ish, yeah, maybe same. around there. Same. I was going to say 2009, uh, 2010, for sure, yeah. for me. Yeah, definitely by then. So that later part of the, the early 2000s is what I'm thinking. Word. So, like, what were some of your first listens or whatever, first shows that you listened to? Ooh. Man, I got to think back now. It definitely <laughs> wasn't anything wrestling. Um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was definitely wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to think now. <laughs> I I know it was some New York, uh, New York rap sort of uh something like uh I can't even think of the name of the New York station now. Power 105, not Power 105. Um, the Heat. I forget what it's called. It was something of that sort. Just talking about a, a little bit of like the hip hop. Co- culture in New York. It was kind of really it was kind of really of a mirror of what was happening with satellite radio yeah, yeah. on those shows. So, you know, it was mm-hmm. kind of it was kind of like it, yeah, it was kind of like satellite radio, but they were just doing a podcast version of it, sort of say. Can't even think of the name of it to give it credit. But I that's that was quickly my first introduction of of it and and what it meant. To not be live to do something, but to put out something you can listen to whatever you want. So, yeah, but like I said, like 2009, 2010 for me, which was like right when I was in undergrad. So, like, I had time to kind of do it. Also, I didn't. So, wasn't a consistent fan. You you totally got me remembering how how so much of those early podcasts like kind of morphed out of satellite radio stuff Mm -hmm. and like early internet radio. Because there was, I remember like, God, there was a uh, IATA 
in like the late 90s and WCW was even trying to do stuff mm. on the internet. We we're just putting up like yeah. audio feeds of like pay-per-views and all this. I'll take it back even further. Here's my earliest memory of audio involving wrestling. In 92, Jim Ross, when he was still with WCW, ha- somehow got a got to do a talk show on WSB radio in Atlanta. So it was just on local Atlanta radio randomly if it was a clear night like and the weather was just right since it was am radio we were able to randomly pick that damn thing up all the way up here (laughs) in dc once or twice and it was the weirdest thing because he had people calling in and it was straight up like little kids calling up in there and being like is the ultimate warrior alive (laughs) i heard he's not alive anymore and jim ross would like try to like somehow make this work and be like, uh, y- yes, he is. Um, I know there's been some reports that he isn't, but, uh, <laughs> that was like all the way back in 92 it was like straight up wrestling radio where he was trying to walk that fine line of like doing kind of inside stuff yeah. without totally tipping his hand. And that was wild. I only heard it once or twice. And it was like, it was the weirdest thing that there were, that was even happening way back then. But in a lot of ways, it's like, that was kind of the precursor to podcasts, wrestling podcasts and stuff. Now it's, you know, talk radio morphing into becoming just on, on an on demand basis, as opposed to just, you know, going out on a set schedule on the radio, like it used to. And what's crazy about that. You talk about it coming from, you know, actual radio or, you know, morphing from satellite radio to a podcast. And now where we are sitting now, as far as media goes, a lot of podcasts are going into the other way around. (laughs) Going (laughs) busted open radio and Sam Roberts and all these other motherfuckers from a podcast to XM satellite. And it's just a a circle of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What what I'm kind of worried about is, I mean, we all know being podcasters now, y'all been doing it for a while and whatnot. We are not alone. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been statistically recorded at over 700,000 mm-hmm. podcasts. And I think only maybe 30% of them are actually active. But I mean, somebody tried, you know, and you can't fault anybody for trying something, see if they like it or not. I know. Mm-hmm. But like, do you feel with the way, prime example, WWE is, has their own podcast network now? Started with After the Bell. Now they have the New Day have their own podcast. Stone Cold has this thing on there now. So do you think the mainstream is starting to catch on? And what does that mean for us being the independent broadcasters? Because uh, before you even I answer, guess, before you even answer, ahead. damn, this year, 2019, I have still been asked the question, what the fuck is a podcast? <laughs> you ain't lying. You're not lying. So I mean, how do I listen to it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Those two questions. So I don't know. It's weird to me. But your thoughts on my previous question? <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so I'll say this: when you bring up the example of the mainstream wanting to do podcasts, I don't care because I feel like podcast is exclusive to the unheard voice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for the people who don't get a mic in front of them or who hasn't been in the center of the spotlight, 
um, is what I'm interested in. So, you know, Angie Martinez is clearly somebody I want to hear about because, yes, we heard her as a rest, uh, excuse me, as a um, radio personality yeah. in New York for years. But she was doing a job in the sense that who is she for real? But, you know, with how social media and stuff is now with these people, you know, we know because all their stuff is all out there. Uh what I really like about podcasts, again, is the fact of, uh, you know, people from different experiences, different backgrounds and, and so forth get to give their knowledge on a topic unbiasedly or lack thereof, <laughs> lack thereof. True. <laughs> Very true. Actually, um, unbiasedly is my is the biggest word here for me is because they're not, you know, they don't have to cater to any corporation or business yeah. in their thoughts. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's informational. Sometimes it's very comedic. Uh, but overall, you know, even and even not just wrestling podcasts, too. I, I do like those murder mystery ones. Those are pretty oh, entertaining. You're, well one of the, you're one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I look, I'll be honest. The only reason I even gave those a listen is because I was a I was a big fan of making a murder on Netflix. And somebody was okay. like, yeah, hey, you got to listen to the podcast. I, I was you. like, Okay, let's see. And so I kept it on the playlist, and I, I kept listening. So it was cool. I got you, what about, William. What about you, Mister Mahoney? Hmm, I'm thinking. I think the key now that you know you got you got WWE getting involved and all these other you know whether it's who they got Corey Graves was the first mm-hmm. one dipping his toe in, and now the New Day starting stuff up. To me, it comes down to you got to bring something to the table mm-hmm. that's either you got to have a unique perspective to provide, or you got to have you know uh, you got to have something that is going to make your show stand out and make it be different mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Like the new day, just starting one of, I'm like that. I'm curious about it's Okay. Those guys have had a very yeah. interesting journey to get to where they're at now from almost, you know, all of all of them, like almost like not even still being there to getting this like position that just at first seemed like it was going to be a death gimmick to turning into like one of the most merchandisable things in the world that they've just, you know, turned into this gold mine of like t-shirts, breakfast cereal. I mean, you name it. It's crazy what they've been able to do with that thing. So it's like, and of course with that three of them too, it's like, there's so much those guys can talk about mm. and bring to the table. Say, okay, that I want to hear. That I'm curious about. Yes. If it's just random other, you know, uh, Corey Graves, I'm like, what do I really care about what Corey Graves is say? Yeah. Now, if he has somebody on that I'm interested in, okay, maybe I want to check that out. Mm-hmm. But it really, to me, comes down to what is the voice of this show? What is the voice of this show? What are they bringing to the table? Is it something I actually want to devote my time to listening to? Mm. You know, to to check out and and have, I mean, there's like you said, there are so many podcasts out there now that if if it don't click, if it ain't doing nothing for me, mm-hmm. why bother? I I can download something else and let's spend the time listening to something that's actually you know entertaining me and actually you know grabbing my interest. So as crowded as this market is, you got you got to bring something different to the table that's going to make you stand out and hook me in to make me want to be involved, mm-hmm. like you know, devote time to listening to what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, I mean, you talk about the new day. I have listened to that first episode that's out now and it was good. I mean, it was stuff I knew because I mean, it's been talked about many times from them individually going on 
other people's podcasts, which I'll bring those mm-hmm. podcasts up. The Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast when he was doing that. The freaking uh, Talk is Jericho podcast and the, uh, the freaking Ross Report and all that shit. So it's like I would listen to those three, but it would be those three talking to the same people. So I would hear the same story like three or four different times. Mm-hmm. And then yep. once you get to listening to some of these people, you know, at their core, and you know, they're not in front of a camera, you know, being a professional wrestler, Stone Cold kind of is boring as fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> I, st- I stopped listening to that shit. And then Jericho is better. But at the same time, he can get a little goofy with his ads and all kind of shit. Like he, I was just about to say, yeah, that. the fucking <laughs> damn near thirty second goddamn Omaha Steak promo and shit. So I kind of kind of fell out of that one or whatever. Then Jay Ross, Jim Ross, I'm just like, fuck your couch, dude. I ain't trying to. <laughs> I mean, I love you, man, but you know, I you. I'm not really interested in what you got to talk about right now. And then you talk mm-hmm. about all these other guys like Eric Bischoff and uh, Bruce Pritchard and, you know, a couple of other people that's doing some of those things, uh, Tony Schiavone and whatnot. I've seen you live the things that you're talking about, like through TV. And a yes. lot of that stuff, I don't really want to hear you rehash and give me behind the scenes shit because I don't mm-hmm. care about it. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, for people, I mean, it, and people like all those shows that I just named or whatever. But and you can not like those things too. I mean, that's that's the freedom of choice. But it's just like I don't get it. You know, all these people talking about the same shit from the same era is like why? I mean, I didn't heard it like fifty other times from fifty other different people. So, but the new day mm-hmm. back to that podcast, just them breaking down the whole thing, how they got into wrestling. Um, on the first episode, how they came together and just, you know, the they, they got a producer in there to tell them they time cues in there. It's just kind of over talking that motherfucker because they want to keep going and shit. So it's, it's a good listen to another um, one that kind of broke away from the pack was the ENC pod of awesomeness. That was a great podcast too. just Edge and Christian, just being Edge and Christian for the lack of better term, though, that was an awesome podcast. I'm kind of sad that. It stopped because uh, Edge got to do other shit because his wife not home. <laughs> so <laughs> they kind of disbanded that. I think Christian talking about he might try to keep doing it, but I, I highly doubt it because it wouldn't be the same without Edge. But yeah, man, podcasting is weird in the sense because you hear you hear people and, you know, everybody got the right to say the things like I used alluding to earlier or whatever, but some people just aren't good at it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I articulated no, it correctly, but you're definitely right on. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> and I think also the problem you run into is like you were when you were running down a lot of those shows. Now, like you got like you said, your Bruce Pritchards or your Eric Bischoffs or the ones where they just kind of rehash previous things like historical events and they it's like once you've listened to those enough and you go through enough episodes on them and you get the voice of you know and the perspective of whoever's show it is like if it's a bruce pritchard or whoever it's like pretty much you get you kind of get to the point where you're like okay i know what they're gonna say i I know what you get you know what their mood is you know what their feelings are you know what their taste is and so it becomes like okay do i really need to hear them talk about wrestlemania 10 because i know they're a big fan of this and they're a fan of this and i know it's on this show and so you kind of you know you can connect the dots what the show is going to be yeah. after you've listened to these guys enough. Cause you know what they're, 
you know their whole spiel. It becomes, you know, I think they quickly fall into like a trap of they they obviously they have their taste. And that's what the show is going to be. It's going to be what their taste is. And if you're not into it, or if you eventually you hear enough of it, you're like, okay, got it. I don't, time to time to bail on this one. Check something else out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what What are some of y'all ups and downs with just in podcasting in general? From actually going from listening to it to being an actual podcaster yourself. <laughs> well, you go first here. Oh, so I want to hear your frustrations. I think the biggest I think the biggest thing that we have tried to really kind of stick with and one of the big things that I think we really try to do that from I see from other shows there's so much just blatant just negativity yeah. for the sake of negativity mm-hmm. out there in podcasts especially in the wrestling genre where it's just like the whole show is just going to be, I'm doing a show about how WWE sucks and everything yeah. about it's horrible. And every week it's that it's that's the show. Yeah. It's going to be nothing was good. Everything on Raw was horrible. Everything on SmackDown was bad. Everything's horrible. They should be doing A, B and C. And I'm going to hate everything else because they aren't doing that. And it's like, mm-hmm. if it's that damn bad, why are you watching? It? How are you still watching it, dude? It's like if, if literally you hate everything that's on there. Why do I want to listen to a show of you just crapping all over it for an hour or an hour and a half every week? It's like there's no point to that in my mind. And goddamn, if it doesn't seem there is a genre and a market for just having people complain nonstop about these shows. And just for some reason, people want to hear that. And I was like, you know, I'm a, I'll tell you what I'm not into and what I'm not enjoying on stuff, but I'm also going to, you know, spend more of the time saying, hey, this is what I do like. This is what I think is working. This is how I think things could be improved. But I'm not going to sit here and be like the whole time, like, no, all, this bad, this bad, this bad, this bad. It's like, who wants to hear that? Like, nonstop. But I swear, man, there's people out there that that is their show. That is their whole show. Everything sucks. <laughs> that is their deal. And I don't get mm-hmm. it, but. Najir, what 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 are you thinking, man? You've been doing this longer than I have. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so from a consumer standpoint, I definitely mirror what you said. The negativity and um, more or less uh, the audience that the negativity kind of yeah. grows. It's like, I don't understand how people love to hate something so much. I, I wish I could think of somebody's name right now because I would just say it. But there's a particular person who just thrives on negativity, yet the person becomes a household name in the community because of, you know, of how they more or less how they conduct their show, their their articles and so forth. And I just don't get that, Um, you know, and a lot of people love to hate things that they know nothing about yeah. and don't even give time or mm-hmm. any bit of interest to try to learn it, to mm-hmm. wise themselves up a little bit. Yeah. But they thrive so much on a hot take of just being so stupid and educated at time. And then they pick up their mic and just go off tandem with it. It's just like, you know, it, it, it creates a bad atmosphere for here. I, this is something that a few people know, about um, some of the struggles I dealt with with, with with the show. So with everything I've said, I and all my team are absolutely professionals in life and professionals on the show. Sure, we curse. Mm-hmm. Sure, we, you know, we we have exclusive shows where we, we go on the top. And even on 
those exclusive shows where we go off on topics. We still stay within the realm of understanding that mm. I don't want to say something that's going to negatively reflect fi- uh, Will or Jamal or yeah. anybody else. And they understand that for myself and the brand itself and the, and the big old belt because we still do it in an educated way mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, our resources and so forth, but we call each other out when we're wrong and so forth. Yeah. What's really challenging is that when we do this, cause we pride ourselves as professionals, when it comes down to the aspect of growing and or reaching out to network and so forth, I would never forget. Um, there was a particular wrestler that I wanted to do an interview on and the person said, okay, well, let me know. And then another wrestler that I had interviewed, they text me and it was just like, hey, this person just texted me and asked them, were we legit? They didn't want to deal with any dickheads that's just recording in their mama's basement, <laughs> you know, to do a show. <laughs> and it's like, I get it, but it shouldn't yeah. be that way. But again, that is the negative stigma because yeah. when I do research on other people's, uh, on, when I do research on people, like, I, I would never forget. I would never, ever forget. And God knows that I give a lot of credit to Jordan Grace on doing an interview with us because yeah, um, she doesn't do interviews. Yeah, she don't, she, yeah, she don't hand those out. <laughs> yeah, she don't, she don't do interviews. And I think we might have been her third interview she's ever done. And when I listen to other interviews to the point where she says, I'm not doing interviews no more. I listened to one interview and I never forgot this guy. Super creep. Super creep, and I to the point I was just like, there's no reason for her to ever want to do interviews again. Yeah. Why take your time out of your day that she could be training, spending time with her family or boyfriend, whoever it may be, yeah, to spend time to talk to me just for me to ask some inappropriate questions, yeah. But she did take the gamble on us, and it opened up doors because any you know, other time I do an interview, I'm like, hey, we interviewed Jordan Grace. I'm like, yeah, you interviewed Jordan Grace. Oh, okay. That's yeah. as good as that's as good as a purple heart on the resume. Exactly. <laughs> but uh it, for me, that's my biggest frustration is that this the 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 podcast round. I I know a lot of people like to say oversaturated, but it's over tainted and polluted at times with negativity mm-hmm. that when you want to grow as a brand, it's hard because this the stigma of like, oh, you're a wrestling podcast. <laughs> Well, we know what those guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's literally Great. been my goal for 2019. And we've, we have accomplished it with flying stars is that we're not just a pod or wrestling podcast, but we're more of a media platform where we do different things that, you know, we can go to places and get press credentials because yeah. we are accepting in that because they know our body of work and they know our professionalism and so forth. So, I and, and I, I would never forget this is that, you know, shade or no shade to anybody that might have saw me. But when I was in your Comic Con, when we did the press room in there, I was inside that press room mm-hmm. for AEW. And then it was wrestling podcast people that I saw outside. And it was like, hey, can we get in there? We got wrestling podcast. And they was like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, look, get y'all shit together. Stop yeah. all this negative shit. Stop thinking you're going to bash people and people are not going to find out. Like, ill-advised bashing yeah. or just angry boy in their mama's basement bashing for no reason and not even just to go over the societal things that people are starting to like tamper with now but just be a professional yeah have fun with it and you know you don't have to be biased to be professional just just you know as jamal would say my other co-host don't be a dick yeah easily exactly so that's 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 my frustrations man are you you finished (laughs) 
Yeah, 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 to go. And and I understand your frustrations because your frustrations are my frustrations as well. Um, I've been around four years, and I can honestly say within the last two, two and a half, that I've been taking it more seriously than I ever had in the beginning. Because in the beginning, I didn't know what the fuck this was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just trying to figure it out. You know, and get comfortable as, you know, as myself being a broadcaster and so on and so forth, and you know how to talk to strangers essentially <laughs> you know so that was just kind of the workings in the first year and a half two years or whatever but now i mean i've had opportunity five or so opportunities within 2019 to earn earn you hear me say earn uh press credentials to like different events and everything and mm-hmm. that's my dream you know one of my my future goals or whatever is to get to either the san diego or new york comic-con mm-hmm. on on my merit so you know, when you talk about negativity in podcasts and everything, and you know, sometimes you you need it, but at the same time, it just can't be, oh fuck that dude. Yeah, but, and, and then, it, like it can't know, it can't be that week after week. It can't yeah. just if that's all you're gonna do and hang your hat on is just trashing stuff nonstop. And it's like you, you ain't gonna open no doors doing that. Why would exactly. anyone be like you know? Okay, well I'm up. Why is anyone gonna give you access to anything when the whole the whole message you're putting out there is like oh i'm gonna trash whatever it is that's all i'm gonna do that's what i do every week so it's like yeah of course you're gonna get doors slammed mm-hmm. in your face of that you got it if you can't like back up what you're saying in some kind of constructive way yeah. to make the message more palatable it doesn't matter you know you're, you're not you're not adding anything to the discourse you're not adding anything to the conversation i mean got last night i mean i'm, I'm watching a nwa power and like i put something up about it on my twitter feed and someone just replies to show's been shit for two weeks <laughs> and i'm like why that okay yeah that doesn't tell me anything what what how who you know g- give me give me something specific it's like what's even the point of tweeting that it doesn't yeah you know, hey, Will, I, I can I can bet you that was these shows are. I, Will, I bet I bet you that same person said after Cornette stuff last week. There's like, oh, fuck NWA. I'm not watching it no more. And what? What? Did, how can you compare the last two weeks if you didn't watch it this week, sir? That's 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 the problem with people. It's all mm-hmm. this like I want to start this re- rebellion being the popular norm of all these other dicks. Mm-hmm. But can't even stick to their own guns because God knows if Jim Cornette walked in the airport, they'll be running up to them. Yeah. Or if Nick Aldis ran was in the airport, they'll be running up to. Oh, I thought you didn't like our product because <laughs> yeah. but because Billy Corgan, somebody you know that I've talked to before, if he if he trust me, <laughs> if he is somebody that can say that I've seen that person say that he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna respect you knowing that you don't respect what he's been doing. Period. Yeah. But at the same time, you're gonna run up to him like, "Hey, oh my God, guess who it is?" You know, like it's it's yeah. just it's it, that's just the issue with a lot of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I've just like I can tell you right now why the Undertaker can go the fuck home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know, and that that's the theme with me and just bit, like when I've been doing um, professional wrestling shows or whatever. I mean, that's been my gripe. It's always the undertaking how you need to stay his old ass home. Mm-hmm. But I always give you feedback and I also top it with I'm not against the man providing for his family and, you know, making money and, you know, doing what he needs to do to survive in life. I'm not against that at all. But do I like that shit? No, I don't. 
you know. So I would never get on him for going out there and making his money. But mm-hmm. I will, to this day, tell you about my hate and discontent for this punk motherfucker. Now, I, I don't mean that in a, like, for real, for real way, but just for comedic effect. <laughs> Need to get off my goddamn wrestling screen and just, you know, get put in the Hall of Fame already. <laughs> just, just I think that. I think we're done after Crown Jewel. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I I I, re, I refuse to watch another Undertaker match. I think the last one I watched from end to end was um I didn't watch Crown Jewel. It what, what was it before Crown Jewel? That darn Great. tag match where everyone I, I, was like two two hundred and eight yeah. years old between Shawn Michaels okay. Okay. and yeah, yeah. Triple right. H I, I and Kane greatest, and Undertaker. Rumble or something. Yeah, I didn't I didn't yeah. watch I didn't watch that. I didn't watch the I didn't watch none of that. So I, I'm on I'm boycotting. <laughs> you know. So I, I I refuse to if you're on my TV as in a wrestling capacity, I, I refuse to watch it. You know, because I'm not gonna sit there and watch it, then talk shit about it. If I'm going to talk shit about it, I'm, you know, I'm not going to watch it. You know, that's how mm-hmm. it should be. If you're going to talk shit about it every time you see it, you shouldn't be watching it. And I refuse to watch another Undertaker match as long as he's an active competitor. If you go yeah. on and do an interview like he did with Stone Cold, that's cool. I, I'm interested in stuff like that. But to see him as an in-ring competitor, fuck now. Nah. I think those days are long gone. But hey, you know, so all these got that money that make the world move. So, you know, Shawn you know? Michaels came back ball-headed, dog. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's another thing that I, somebody brought up to me because I might be going to WrestleMania. And it's like, what if you have a match at WrestleMania? I said, yeah. I will take the longest piss break ever. I will, go <laughs> hi- I will go hide in the concession stand until I figure that it's over. Then I will come back to my seat. <laughs> I doubt it. I think he's done. Yeah. I hope so. Because, I mean, he, he don't need to be out there doing that or whatever. As much nah, as he want to be, you know, I know he loved the business. I mean, this is his livelihood. This is his life. You know, I can understand that. But I mean, he gonna get hurt, man. He gonna get hurt. You would think that that interview with Stone Cold, with him completely dropping character for the first time on WWE TV for an you know an extensive you know in depth interview like that, I yeah. kind of took that as a sign that like, okay, this is probably we're probably headed towards the home stretch now, and it's probably not gonna be much more wrestling because I mean he's protected that gimmick, yeah, like so hard. Even before that, when I thought it was the end, not just fucking putting the, the ring gear down and you know at the WrestleMania against Roman Reigns but when this motherfucker was showing up to Cleveland games dressed as the Undertaker <laughs> that's when I thought his shit was over I was like okay so he's starting to do I mean I'm serious he's starting to do more public appearances I started seeing on Facebook that he was doing meet and greets and everything I said oh yeah this dude is he's at the end he's you know doing the legends joint you know he do it rounds at conventions and everything talk to people kissing babies shaking hands and shit you know I was like, yeah, he done. But then this motherfucker came back. And, <laughs> I, and I had that. And this is my main gripe about all this stuff or whatever. I have kids, three of them. I've been in the room for their birth. Me and my wife currently, because this is my second marriage, we've been through shit, hard times, tribulation. Never shed a tear one time for any of that shit. You know, you know life limb type shit. Not a tear shit. This motherfucker put his gear down at that WrestleMania dog. I boohooed in this motherfucker like a little bitch. <laughs> and, I, and I will never forgive that motherfucker because one, I did it in front of my wife and 
for him to come back the next year and wrestle a lot, a lot after that. Fuck that dude. <laughs> fuck that dude. Kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that. Uh, that's yeah, I think that's pretty much the same as Shawn Michaels doing this, doing that match this year. It's just like, oh, come on now. Because after his match, after his retirement match, I was just like, I was devastated. So even another instance, Rick fucking Flair. Of course, yeah. Of course. What WrestleMania twenty four? <laughs> that's that's my top three. WrestleMania twenty four, twenty five, and twenty six. That's my favorite three right there because of the, him and uh, Flair. Then him and Undertaker one and two. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite three joints. I don't give a fuck about the rest of the card of those shows. I just <laughs> like those three matches. <laughs> so, for Flair to come wrestle after that, still, kind of made me frown on him a little bit. Then. Him, Shawn Michaels, I don't know. I still kind of give him a little bit of leeway because he only, out of this whole time, it was only, the, what, that one or two matches. I I, I can kind of let that slide. But if this motherfucker come back again, we're going to have some goddamn problems. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, now here we are. We are the thing we hate. We talking negatively about some shit. <laughs> You know, as a fan, you're you you know, bad guys supposed to do bad guys and good guys are supposed to do good guys. Love and hate and what they do. But, you know, when you start going be above and beyond to disliking their character, disrespecting the business, hell, the lack of appreciation for the business and wanting to be behind the curtains and, you know, all of a sudden you want to work and book creative, like that's that's where it draws the line for me. Mm-hmm. And even and even still, like I, I'll say this. The one thing with our show, and even with our connections and so forth, like we don't talk about scoops. Yeah. Cause this this damn short things I could have easily said about yeah. signings and um TV deals initially. Yeah. And so forth. But we don't care about that because we don't we, we like the business from what we see it as a fan. We don't yeah. like the business because we want the popularity mm-hmm. into knowing things. We don't I I really, really dread the day to ever see first heard by. Mm-hmm. And it be us, because I, I don't want that attention. I don't want that responsibility. And see, and it's kind of cool because when you get those things inside things or whatever, then you start to see it pop up everywhere. It's like you get the satisfaction, be like, I knew that shit first, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I just, I just kind of, <laughs> I kind of like that yep. feeling because, like, my only instance of that really was like the shit with Kiara Hogan or whatever. It's like I knew that first, mm-hmm. and then like for it to come out, it's like, well, I knew it first. So ha ha. But I mean. Those are those are kind of rewards of, you know, being professional and being a podcaster in a sense to where people open up and share those things with you or whatever. And knowing that you won't, you know, sell it out for money or whatever the case may be or whatever you can do with that information. And, you know, you you have a good rapport because of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. If you go blabbing that stuff, you ain't going to get more of those little tidbits like that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a it's a fine balance of you got to keep that stuff close to the vest. And yep. you make every, if you make everything about you, people ain't going to throw you no bones. <laughs> like, why exactly. should I do that? You're just in this for yourself. It's and, the two way street. And, <laughs> and on top of that, too, it, it humanizes things where you yeah. can have regular conversations. I, for instance, right now, right this moment, right now. A friend I know is telling me about their their experience right now at a WWE trial mm-hmm. because this is normal. That's it, and it's just like, oh, this was hard. I don't know what to do. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I just uplift them as a friend. That's it because they don't have to tell yeah. me that. They don't have to tell me nobody else that's in that room or anything like that. And there is no 
fence up of like how far somebody go because this person and, and, and me we know this is the relationship we have yeah. so it was other relationship when i say you're a friend i respect you yeah and when i say that i care about wrestling that means i respect the business and that's what everybody with my brand i can speak for them easily is that we respect the business we don't care about the popularity and the hot takes and all that other stuff. Uh, Will cares about the hot. Actually, Will' best friend is Mar Ronaldo. If anyone does not know, you should check out their relationship. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing, but no. Um, seriously, he's no, back we, to work tonight. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> but no, we 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 do. We try to contribute to the business in a positive way. That's why we do the promotion to the promoting. Our interviews aren't about us. It's about telling the story. So when we do interviews, we say, hey. Mm-hmm. This person may be coming into our area. Let's talk about what's going to happen when they come into our area, the match that they're working in our area, the promotion that they're going to work for. Let's talk about them as they got to this point. Because that's what we do. We Every time I, pre- uh, I, I uh, pre- uh, present, every time I um, you know, present to someone, I say, hey, we want to have you on the show so we can talk about you, yeah. all things you, mm-hmm. which means, and we're not going to ask those dumb questions, who trained you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we yeah. do our research. We want to talk about the storyline of you coming into the Washington, D.C. area to work at this promotion, if this is the case. Or we want to talk about you, an event that you want to talk about, your show, your promotion, and so forth. And that's why we got good record. Anybody that we've talked to, we can double back down. Anybody. We can walk up to any of these people right now, and it's just that. Because that's the reputation that we try to present. And the positivity we put out there is doing the show. And then, I mean... That's kind of what it's all about. I never forget this. I had um, one of the co-hosts of the Blockbuster Mentality podcast on here, um, Dave, and he. I asked him about um, what he get out of podcasting and everything, and he, his thing was like friends. You know, we we get on here, we talk to like people that we probably would have never met in life. You know, if it wasn't for podcasting and everything like that and we get to make friends out of it and I kind of and that's how I view things or whatever I mean some of those uh, some of these guests that have been on here have been you know distant friends <laughs> you know I had them on the show once and you know I reach out to see how they're doing out there I don't hear from them but at the same time I know they busy and they got their own thing in life going on so you know it is what it is but I mean ultimately that's what it is everybody that's been on the show I, I try to keep tabs on all of them I can just be sitting here and on the whim I would think about a guest from episode what I'm on 199 right now from episode 12 and I would text them or DM them and be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, <laughs> not, not like that, to, not to be rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, because we're all family. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and even still, just uh, last remarks really on it is that, um, you know, they're wrestlers. And even independent businesses, they're independent contractors. Yeah. So, you know, in order for them to succeed, they have to invest in themselves yeah. and they have to build their brand. And media is a big part into anything. Hell, these million dollar, you know, these million dollar uh, movies and and um, and or conventions, whatever it may be, yeah. they invite press there because they know it matters. They do red carpets for movies and 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 and, and invite critics to uh, test screeners because they know it mattered. Money isn't the only driving factor to selling things. You have to make sure that word of mouth is out there. And when these independent wrestlers and businesses want to sell tickets, invest in their character and so forth, they understand that podcast, radio, 
appearances and so forth, they all matter. And it's our responsibility to do it in a professional way uh, with, with uh, you know, with good conduct to make sure that we're doing it for the right reason mm-hmm. to tell their story. That should be everyone's focus. But it's not. Yeah, it, it's not. Got but, um, you know, that's that's just what we like to represent as a brand. Goddamn clout chasers. <laughs> you know it. You you absolutely <laughs> know it. Jesus. Yep. But hey, man, it's been great chatting with both of you gentlemen or whatever. And by, this is where we put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead that's and let it, out. go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media. William. You want me to go first? Go for it, buddy. <laughs> Before we do you the whole the, channel. You can do the whole thing. You can do the whole thing. You got it, buddy. Well, you ha- you handle all the big old belt group stuff for the main channel. I'll handle the personal stuff for me. Yeah. <laughs> Get that part done. All right. I'm mostly on Twitter. I'm a little bit on Instagram, but mostly on Twitter at Heel Will Mahoney is where all my main stuff is. So if there's a show going on, wherever my thoughts are, whatever kind of leads to our weekly shows and the big gold belt group, as stuff is happening, I'm putting my thoughts out there. So I'm active on Twitter the most of all the social media platforms. That's where you find me the most at, at Heel Will Mahoney. And then, of course, the big gold belt group, the entire darn thing is at BGB group on the Twitter machine. And now on Instagram, break all the rest of the platforms down. Ajir. You got to right on. I, I also, too. I, I, I don't, don't forget the Tumblr. Don't. Forget yeah. the- <laughs> also, too, I want to say that outside of uh, the wrestling thing that we do. Uh, definitely check out Will's YouTube channel, The Snack Society, and their Facebook group where they break down the latest and greatest snacks and give the review. You never knew you needed this until you watch it. Absolutely any of those crazy exotic things that you see on the shelves and you're wondering, what do they taste like? Take it from him and his uh, and his co-host, Brandon, as they uh, give a professional aspect of what those snacks taste like. It is absolutely A+. plus. You definitely want to check that out. And yes, for us, the BigGoldBeltGroup.com will get you to all of our social medias from our YouTube channel where you can see exclusive interviews and press uh, press work, uh, movie reviews, and so forth. You can always catch all our weekly episodic uh, uh, podcasts on all of your podcast platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that other good stuff, Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, that's Big Gold Belt uh, Wrestling Podcast. And as we said, the latest and greatest Tumblr. You can find us on there as well. But no, seriously, you definitely can find us on all the social media platforms. We even have a Facebook group that's slowly and growing as well, too, where you can see um, our posts as well as independent wrestlers that we interact with that you can see a lot of their bookings and so forth. So, you know, by all means, people, do not be shy. Come and chat with us. Uh, Let us know what you think. We even embrace having fans on the show at times, too. For uh, you know, like a fanding, a fandom gathering of discussions and so forth. But like I say, each and every week, uh, we release our uh, eight p.m. podcast. And two thousand, two thousand twenty, we'll be back to doing interviews. We had a little hiccup on Google Hangouts dying, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that our material get out and that it is authentic and crisp, and we don't have no connection issues. So we 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 took a pause on it. But twenty twenty, we will be back with more exclusive interviews, podcast interviews, and so forth. But until then, we still, the YouTube, you can still check us out for exclusive content and so forth on there. Rob, I, I got to say on the behalf of our team, thank you so much for um, having us on here tonight. It's absolutely been a pleasure. Um, 
you know, people like you are the reason why this business is healthy and doing podcasts, period. It's fun and rejuvenating. You know, I, I only ask for my people to do one one show a week because, you know, people have lives and so forth. But when this stuff like this easily is something for us to be able to jump up and say, hell yeah, we'll do it. So, you know, don't be a stranger. If you need something from us, let us know. And hell, you know, there's a seat open at our show. Any other time you want to get on there and you want to talk some wrestling, we'll be ready to go. For sure. Um, Heck yeah. In the in the realm of uh, needing things, I need two things right now. Uh, you said that was Snack Society on YouTube? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Subscribe just now. And second Yeah, there are a ton of those on there. And second thing. Yo, what's up with that uh, Jordan Grace phone number or something? So I can shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you something real quick. Let Jonathan Gresham is one person I overly respect. In the, I respect him so much <laughs> that I've talked to him numerous times. And even one time I was like, oh, let's get you on the show. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait because I need to make sure that we're all on our A-plus game. You want to talk about one of the most brilliant people in the world of professional wrestling, period? That guy, mm-hmm. that guy, a hundred percent. Um, and he's literally one of the best. I easily I put him in my top three of the best wrestling technicians, period. Mm-hmm. He feels like the second coming of Dean Malenko to me easily. This guy, and you see how his influence is brushing off on Jordan Grace. Yeah. Those two, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. They, they, if 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 anybody just really have no clue who they are, please go look it up. And Jonathan Gresham so so goddamn legit. Yeah, he even got a YouTube channel where he's yeah, teaching about, you how yeah. to do certain things. So mm-hmm. you know, for like, sure. But yeah, I like that <laughs> man. I tell you, Jordan Jordan is um an amazing person and very and she's and and she's very kind and very professional. Anybody that presents uh, that 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 goes into them that goes to her and 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 uh and and comes off in a very presentable fashion, she'll probably do it. But you know that just lets you know at that point, like if you <laughs> made it or not, because that's a big mountain to climb to yeah. say that you did it if you were. you know, it, it it comes around to me why it was a thing for me to try to get her on my show, and is because she was the first female wrestler I've ever seen at my very first independent wrestling show. Mm. So well, that's awesome. Awesome. So that's so when I started the podcast, she was like one of the ones in my mind that I was like, I want to try to get her on the show. Yeah. And, and then um so I seen her back in I think that was 2014. It was the first time I saw her. So she was mm-hmm. young then. Ah, way back. And I seen yeah. her. I was, I was like, damn, some something is like she on another level. That's when she was wearing like tie dye spandex and shit like yep. that. So I, <laughs> I just want I just want to say the early days. Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace is roughly around twenty one to twenty three. Tony Storm is around twenty one to twenty three. Yeah. Rhea Ripley is around twenty one to twenty three. Women's wrestling world <laughs> for the next ten plus years is really safe, yeah. really really safe on all wheels. You talk about that talent right there, pool. That easily is somebody's top ten. They're all three of them are easily in somebody's top ten. Yeah. That's just amazing to hear how much talent is embodied in them in such very at a such very young age. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, to even kind of add to that or whatever, just wrestling in general. I posed a twi- uh, question on um, wrestling is trash on a uh, freaking what it was Instagram a while back. Jan- it was in July. 
And I I put four pictures up there. One of Austin Theory, Velveteen Dream, MJF, and Tyler Bate. Mm-hmm. Austin Theory, 22 years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Velveteen, 23 years old. Yeah. MJF, 23 years old. Tyler Bate, 22 years old. And yeah. the question I asked, I was like, with these guys being this young and this good already, where do you think they and professional wrestling will be in 10 years? I'll, yes. I'll say this. They'll be better. Seriously. They'll be bigger no. than life. And I think right now the business is really healthy from the internal aspect because a lot of the people are giving back to the younger generations. I personally cannot speak to say that it was not like that before, mm-hmm. but from hearing from the stories of how people didn't like people, the territories divided yeah. people and so forth, there was a mishaps and knowledge not channeling across. Those three people, four people that you say all come from different aspects and journeys of wrestling. Um, Velveteen Dream coming from the Maryland, D.C. area, being trained at the uh, MCW Arena in Joplin, Maryland here in this area. Tyler Bate obviously coming from the U.K. You mean to tell me in what year to have, maybe even next year immediately, you got two people from two completely different backgrounds that could potentially put on one of the best match and still be under 25 years old. And they're going to learn from each other because as, as a part of working in the ring, you have to learn from your other person or what they can do, what movesets do they have, how you may be able to do something different. I just think that this generation now is just so much more better. And in 10 years, it's probably going to be even more better because everyone is giving back. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, the cross the cross pollination is there, like you just said. But like you got someone from DC and someone from the UK, and they're both in the same company, and they're both been put in a situation where they're being they're being given the time and the opportunities to actually go out there and do something, and not just be like you know, okay, you guys got four minutes, just go do you know one, you got to win, and just get your stuff in, whatever. It's like <laughs> things have changed so much in the last like just even ten years. Where it's just a totally different playing field now of just what is the expectation is, what the opportunities are, and it's just completely different ball game now as far as what 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 people are looking for in in, in their wrestling now and what's being delivered in their wrestling. Like I said, it, it ain't just squash matches anymore. Yeah. There's just so, so much more depth and so much more skill. You know, the depth and the skill is just insane right now. Mm-hmm. And that ain't going to change anytime soon. So, God, like is it five years, 10 years? I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's got to think about, think about that on top of that. There's got to be some kids out there watching right now. They're watching these shows. They're like 13, 14, and they're going to be the next generation version of these guys we're talking about right now mm-hmm. down the road. So, it's it, it only evolves and changes and grows and I can't. It's wild. It's wild thinking just looking 10 years back and then thinking 10 years into the future. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But man, I want to see where it goes. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, shit, we were supposed to end 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> my, my last thing is just like, um, I think me and my co host Anomaly, we talked about this. Um, for us, when we have. Um, you know, talks about one of the greatest tag teams in the last decade. You know, when we do that talk 10 years from now, who would it be? And uh, I think we both said the Young Bucks. But 
I mean, that's up into interpretation. Anyway, I ain't going to even let you go on that question. That's just something I'm throwing out to you. Y'all can talk to on the sideline because I got to go. I got some other shit to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, 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 y'all, already, y'all already gave your plugs and everything. I appreciate y'all for giving me your time and everything. Maybe I'll come, you know, stare at the uh, big gold belt wise in the display case and whatnot. And um, the door is open. You've been a guest here once. You're always allowed to come back and uh, promote the next big thing you got going on or just to shoot the shit. Right on. Right on. You go. Tours open over here, too. Absolutely. Open doors all around. Absolutely. And there you have it. Another delightful chat with the individuals from the Big Gold Belt or the Big Gold Belt Group or however their syndicate works over there. Um Great time. Uh, I, I, anytime we can get to talking about wrestling and podcasting, it's always a good time. So I implore you to get on Tumblr and check out all these <laughs> gentlemen's work. Um, yay. Here we are on another Sunday. As I speak these words, the what 2019 WWE TLC pay-per-view is going to happen this evening. And you know how historically in the past of the show, I always hate putting timestamps on there, but I feel like since this was such a, you know, wrestling focused episode that I would uh, throw that little tidbit of uh, info out there to those listening. And just because it popped into my mind and this is the random rounds of Rob and I say, what the fuck I want? Anyway, so look, man, look for me. I might uh, pop up on the big gold belt. I mean, they already uh gave out the invitation and whatnot so they can't take it back it's recorded it's out in the world all the people are listening so <laughs> it is what it is but um yeah man i just i just like their their uh, viewpoint on things and whatnot how you uh portray yourself on social media and how you get your information and how do you distribute that information and whatnot like they said they they have people that they can they get scoops and you know the dirt and all the underbelly information from you know but they choose not to put that out unless you know said person that they get the info ask them to and you know I, I think that's pretty cool you know and then as I talked about Kiara Hogan and everything like that former guest of the show there was no ill will in my comments and whatnot I was just like I'm just an up and coming podcast and everything and I had like my first exclusive <laughs> and you know I was kind of denied that but you know I can understand that because it was it's her career not mine you know and she's out there on the road with impact and while uh, wrestling and doing all these great things and whatnot so I mean who am I I'm just I'm just a guy that had to, was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to speak with an individual such as Kiara Hogan you know a, a athlete of her caliber you know, so I ain't got too much on the docket or whatever. I, I've done concluded all live appearances uh, for 2019, I believe. I don't think that I got nothing else on the calendar. Um, big shout outs to uh, the NerdCon for allowing me to be present for all their festivities. Uh, what I think, what a weekend or so ago, got to see Walker the Geek and everything, give him a crisp high five and whatnot. And um, yeah. Got some other things in the works. Um, I can't wait till 2020 hits. You know, the Random Rounds of Rob will be four years old. You know, freaking walking around, potty trained and everything. <laughs> and um, also, 
which um, when you when we talk about annuals for the um, Random Rounds with Rob, the anniversary is January 13th. So there'll probably be two episodes within that week. And then um, March is my birthday. So every month, every year on my birthday, there is a special edition episode featuring Mrs. B-Rob and all the questions that you have will be geared toward Mrs. B-Rob. So you can ask any manner of question. And this episode is dedicated to her answering your questions. It's her birthday gift to me. So, yeah, you can start sending questions in now if you want to. You can send them via voicemail at 304-825-5762. That's 304-825-5762. And um, you can send them via email to mail at randomrobcast.com. And if you want to tweet uh, some questions, go ahead and tweet them at 3rshow using the hashtag ask miss b rob so i can you know sift through all that and put them to the side for whenever we do that episode and uh yeah i mean we're moving right along as a, a birthday gift from you all that are listening to me i ask that you help me get to a hundred uh apple itunes reviews by my birthday march 29th and as we sit as you hear this recording we are at 81 there's 19 to go so i mean tell a friend to tell a friend you know steal somebody's apple device and put the review in and give it back to them (laughs) and um what else uh that's about it you know i look forward to creating more content and everything and uh speaking of ways that you can help support the show you can go to randomrobcast.com and find all manners of ways to support monetarily whether it be through Patreon, there's only two tiers, a dollar tier to help support and a $10 tier. If you want to, you know, me to, to use my time to create more and extra content, I would do that for $10 per month. And, or you can just go with the low end tier just to show support for a dollar. Just hit the dollar tier. You get um chances at winning free merchandise and prizes and, you know, just whatever I got for the $1 subscribers. And you can buy merchandise. Shout outs to my homeboy, Martin, for just buying one of the random T-shirts, the ones in the uh, the Doom font, Navy Blue, even though he was in the Marine Corps, did a little army time, too. He's a goddamn traitor. <laughs> Speaking of traitors, uh, former guest, um, you might have heard uh, his intro for the show. He's the one that did the um, intro for this episode. I'll make sure I put that there. Uh, Gordon you know tones or whatever he was going overdose whatever the fuck he was going by at that time i just talked to his nasty ass on friday and he joined the ranks of the army as well former marine i was like man they must have been giving y'all an ass load of money to do this shit (laughs) and then at the same time i've been in the marine corps for 16 years and i know what they've been through because we served together and i just know in general what you go through specifically in that branch because that's all i know and, um, you know, it might have just been like, all right, if I'm going to go back to the military, I ain't going back to that motherfucker because I know how that is. And I just want to change your pace. I mean, you're allowed to do that. You're a human being and you you try things. And if you don't like them, you try other things. That's how life works. That's how we do things. But um, shout outs to them. You know, well, Gordon, because Martin Dunn. But shout outs to Gordon, man, giving it another go 
at uh, active duty service or reserve service or whatever the fuck you do. And I need to talk to him. We were supposed to talk Friday, but shit happened. <laughs> um, and Amazon links, use Amazon links, take you to Amazon. I get a kickback. You don't pay nothing extra. Oh, sponsors. Got a little sponsor stuff going on or whatever. Shout out forever to Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. They sponsor the show. And you can get 15% off your order if you go to hooksrubsandspices.etsy.com or just go to etsy.com and search Hooks, Rubs, and Spices. Put in the promo code RANDOM and you can get 15% off your order. Um, also, partnering with Poddex right now is a um, great tool to help you with your um, podcasting, whether you're a freaking just starting out in the game or you're a journeyman such as myself and others, you know, it helps you uh, think a little more, you know, add different layers to your podcast and whatnot. So if you go to poddex.com, you can get 10% off your order by using promo code random and for all the fellas and, you know, it'll benefit the ladies as well. Bluechew.com, you know, you can go to bluechew.com and you can get your first subscription for free you only pay five dollars shipping if you use the promo code you guessed it random now you you, you don't you, if you don't know what blue chew is it is a uh it's, it's a male enhancement uh i wouldn't say it's not a drug but it's it's a chewable pill it's on the level of Viagra and Cialis and all that stuff. And it's to help you get that confidence back. Or if you have that problem, it'll help you kind of solve it. And there it is. I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I'm not dancing around it, trying to be like, oh, I'm, I'm selling dick pills over here. Because, I mean, that's par from the course. It's a product for you to use if you have that issue. And, I mean, who's to say it's an issue? I mean, it's probably something out of your control. Whatever the case may be, I... I'm, I'm, it's here for you if you need it. Go to bluechew.com. Use promo code random. Get that first subscription free on me. And um, I was doing business with Studio, and apparently <laughs> my promo code still work for that. There's some great headphones or whatever. I got like four or five pair from them, and I like them all. I like those and the uh, Incredibles from Nick Cannon, which <laughs> he's getting drug across social media right now. But he ain't going to be worse for wear if Eminem ever had you know the time to freaking battle that guy or whatever or you know drag his ass but anyway i, I recommend studio headphones or incredibles those are my two go-to's i have them both a matter of fact i'm using the incredibles right now but we're talking about studio because they're the ones that still have an active promo code for me which is rob 15 you would think it's random but it's not rob 15 go to studio.com get you some quality headphones and get 15 percent off your order with that promo code now I done got all that out the way and I showed you what I told you about the free ways that you can help support the show. I told you about the paid ways you can help support the show. I bigged up the sponsors that are helping out this place. And uh, I think I've said enough. So on that note, I'll see you next time.